This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10th, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strong Side Fridays. Only a few Strong Side Fridays left for the year. We are at Divisional Weekend. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here as always with Raheem Palmer. Getting you ready for, I think, maybe the best weekend of the NFL season. We've got eight teams left. I got an article up on the Action Network today why every team can win the Super Bowl and why every team won't win the Super Bowl. It really feels like, like it's open. We don't have a juggernaut this year. It really feels like anyone can win. Raheem, is this the best weekend in the NFL? I think it is. I, I do think it's the best weekend in the NFL. It's the last time we got four games. So I'm always excited for it. But at the same time, it's a little sad because you know football starting to come to an end. That's true. It's, it's a bittersweet symphony, but that's life. Uh, we, we will do uh, no, no surprises here today. We're just going to go through all four games. We'll get you angles on everything. We'll wrap up with best bets and a look ahead on futures like we did last week. Don't forget to download the app if you haven't. And of course, as always, odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. All right, let's get into it. Let's get down to business and get to our games. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. So let's get down, let's get down to business. So let's get down, let's get down. First game, Saturday afternoon, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans. Again, not really the playoff game I was expecting to have this weekend coming into the season or frankly in the middle of the season or late in the season. But here we are, the Bengals and the Titans. Tennessee right now is at three and a half point favorite at home. Obviously the rested one seed total is at 47 and a half. So both of these teams, not, you know, the advanced metrics we've, we've talked about it all year long. Neither one of these teams is, is a juggernaut to, to say the least. They both are basically very average teams by DVOA and by a lot of the metrics. So what do you do when you got two very average teams playing against each other here? They're average, but I think, both of them have skill sets or things that they do that make them elite in certain areas. People are going to look to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and see, you know, they're dominant in passing. The Bengals are ninth in drop back EPA per play. They're also top 10 in passing success rate. So a lot of the public is going to look at that and see this is the sexy team, which can pull the upset. But when you look at this line, it opened up Titans minus two and a half. And this is, been pushed all the way up to Titans minus three and a half for a good reason. What is your thoughts on this game? I like the Titans. I don't love the Titans just because I don't super trust either team in this matchup. So I don't want to go too hard on this game. I grab Tennessee early at the two and a half. These teams, though, they look similar. But I think it's important to remember that the profile for Tennessee is not really accurate to the team that we're getting from Tennessee here. It certainly looks like Derrick Henry is going to go. We don't really know what version of Derrick Henry. And we've talked a lot about that's not just getting the running back. It's getting your identity back. It's getting who you are as a team. And the advantage in this game on both sides of the ball is the Titans in the trenches. 
Uh, the Bengals lost Larry Ogunjobi, who's their stud run stuffer. And that's a big deal. You don't want to lose your big run stuffer, your, your, your Vita Vea, right before playing Derrick Henry. And uh, Trey Hendrickson, it does look like he'll play. So that's good for the Bengals. But we'll see how much. We'll see how limited he is. And he's really their pass rush. So I like the matchup for the, the Titans blocking. And the Bengals O-line hasn't been good this year. Joe Burrow had a franchise record sacks this season. And the Titans pass rush had been great early, kind of slowed late in the year, but I think could be rejuvenated with this week off. So to me, just looking at playoff football, run the ball, win in the trenches, that's a spot where the Titans really have an advantage. Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. The Larry Ogunjobi injury is going to be big. This Bengals defense was just 13th in rushing DVOA. There were 14th in rushing success rate and 15th in rushing EPA per play. So they're not going to be able to stop this Titans run defense. And I think that opens up the play action for the Titans. And when you can open up the play action and you can get A.J. Brown and Julio Jones going, and these guys have had time to rest, you're in a good position. And I, I think the Titans offense should be able to do what they have to do. And I also think you can put the Bengals in – to that negative game script where I think you're going to see a higher scoring game. This total is at 47. To me, I think it's way too low. I'm looking to go over here, but I do like the Titans. I think once you start getting up to the three and a half, it's a little scary. Divisional favorites are actually 39 and 20 since 04. That's 66.1%. However, against the spread, they're just 26 and 34. That's 43%. So these favorites are winning, but they're not necessarily covering. And 18 out of the 34 dogs who have covered in this round has also won the game outright. So it's, it's, it's pretty rough with this line going up past the three. But I do think the matchup lends itself towards the Titans actually getting this done. There's some negative trends when it comes to Rayboy. He's just 15 and 20 and one as a favorite. But I just think all the trends point towards the Titans winning this game. Yeah, those trends are offset a little bit by Vrabel and Tannehill. Both are very good with extra rest, extra prep time. So that's one advantage here. Uh, I think Zach Taylor, to me, is pretty clearly the worst coach left of the eight head coaches in the playoffs. It'd be a real disadvantage for the Bengals anytime going forward. You mentioned, too, those division round trends. If you isolate just the one seed, so since 2003, just one season division round, 13, 23, and a one against the spread. So 34% cover, not feeling good. However, like you said, to me, that half point right now is a really big deal. And I'm kind of waiting out. I like the Titans here, but I like it a lot better at three or at two and a half. That's why I grabbed the two and a half early. I think we might get there still. I think that the Bengals are going to be a public dog and that we're going to get a lot of bets in. We'll see. Maybe, maybe the money will keep coming on Tennessee and keep it above the three. If it gets to three or shorter, one seeds who are three point favorites or shorter are just two and three against the spread. So it's still not great, but it's not as bad as, as that other three. Yeah. The other trend, it's most of those lines where they're not covering are these seven, eight, nine, 10 point favorites. And, you know, we've gotten a little too smart for that. And I think the books are adjusting these lines down a little bit. So I'm not so worried about that. I agree though, with the negative script uh, for the Bengals. Here's one thing that I like a lot is I'm playing the Titans first quarter. Titans minus one first quarter. It's at plus 100. So a couple numbers. The Bengals are 29th in DVOA in the first quarter. They've been a very slow starting team. And the Bengals defense ranks 31st on first down. 
So that is a really bad matchup against the Titans, where you know the whole thing the Titans want to do is keep the pressure off Tannehill by handing it off and getting these four, five, six-yard runs on first down and getting the positive script all game long, second and four, second and three, second and five. The Bengals' defense has been allowing that all year. So I think you've got a rested Titans team. They've got their stars back healthy. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, they needed the time off. Another thing, too, is that the home game matters here. We know the home field isn't what it once was, but the Bengals are ninth in DVOA in Cincinnati, 25th in DVOA on the road. The Titans defense, 17th on the road, 7th at home. So for both of these teams, like you said, they do have their strengths, but where there are flawed teams, the little things matter a little bit more. So the home field matters a little bit more. The first down defense matters more. I think there's a lot of situational stuff that's going to put Cincinnati behind the eight ball early and give Tennessee a leg up. I like the Titans minus three and a half, but I'm going to wait and try to get it three or lower. That's why I like the Titans first quarter to jump out and get a lead and then just kind of play from the front. Yeah, I I like that. And I think you can actually extend that to the whole first half because the Titans actually have the fifth best scoring margin in the first half at plus 60. The Cincinnati Bengals are 16th at plus five. So I think that extends far past the first quarter. Like you said, the, the Bengals are a slow starting team. One thing I will add is that the Bengals opposing schedule of pass defense has not been good. It's probably been the easiest in the NFL. And I think the Titans are going to find some real success in the passing game. So I'm looking at this being a shootout. When you look at last week's game against the Raiders, both teams drove up and down the field at will, but they only kicked field goals. So I just think you're getting a shorter number based on what we saw last week. And I just don't think that's necessarily fair when you got a banged up Trey Hendrickson, no Larry Ogunjobi. The Titans are going to put up some points. And we know that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase can't really be slowed down. So I like this game to go over. I think that's that's the play right now at the current numbers. Mm-hmm. If this gets below three or at three, I think you can play the Titans, but I can't I can't touch it with three and a half. I'm a little hesitant to join you on the over just because I expect a lot of running in this game. And so I think it's going to be that's going to shorten the game a little bit. You know, we're going to talk about some other games. We're going to see a lot of passing this weekend. This is not one of those. I think these are coaches who are going to protect their quarterbacks. The Bengals are going to protect Burrow on the road. The Bengals, too. One thing I don't like about them, we've talked about this, they stay overcommitted to the run game. The Titans defense is good, and especially the run defense has been really strong down the stretch. Last week against the Raiders, who are terrible secondary, the Bengals ran on early down 21 times. They only had 19% success rate, negative 0.23 EPA per play. So all season long, until week 16 and 17, the Bengals keep feeding Mixon. He's getting yards, but it's not efficient. But I think they're going to feed him. We know the Titans are going to run the ball. So I'm a little nervous to go over just because I think we could get these long drives and chewing clock. I'd feel better, I think, about a Titans team over than the game over. I feel pretty good about the Titans getting their points. I'm not so sure about the Bengals. I could see a version of this game where the Titans get that early lead and then just kind of do Titans football and chew up the clock and Henry gets going, Dante Foreman gets going, and maybe the Bengals just don't quite show up on the road for this one. But I don't know. It's an interesting game. Uh, Certainly, I feel like whoever wins this one is probably going to be the underdog the next game out. So I'm intrigued to see who goes forward in this one. Yeah, I am as well. All right. So Saturday night, we go to the NFC, and I know you and I are both excited about this one. 
49ers at Packers. We were all over the 49ers last week. Big win for both of us. Packers are big favorites here. The biggest favorite of the weekend, five and a half right now. Though it was up to six and then now slipping a little bit back down. 46 and a half for the total. I know earlier in this week when we talked about this one, we had to wait on the injuries. There's a lot of big injury news here. So what have you been hearing about injuries for either side in this one? It appears that Jimmy Garoppolo, he is banged up, but he is going to play. Brett Warner has practiced. And I'm not quite sure about what's going on with Nick Bosa, but to me, it appears that he's going to play. Look, if this was a regular season game, they'd probably keep this guy out. But we're seeing right now, teams are just going all in. The big thing in this matchup is the Packers' defense. Look, they can't stop the run. We've seen it time and time again with this matchup. Packers are 30th in rushing EPA for play, 30th in rushing success rate. And, you know, last time these two teams played, they didn't have Raheem Mostert. And Elijah Mitchell wasn't really acclimated to this system. And Debo Samuel wasn't getting the the backfield carries that he's getting now. And the Packers are going to have to deal with that. And I I just think that's going to be really, really tough. The Packers are also 28 in explosive run play rate. So when they face a top tier rushing offense, they're going to struggle. Like when you look at that Browns game, and I think that's a good comp for this game. The Browns rushed for 219 yards on 25 carries. And unlike Kevin Stefanski, Shanahan is not going to be afraid to run the ball. And I think he's going to continue to run the ball down their throat. That's going to open up lanes for George Kittle. Another good comp for this game is the Packers can't really defend the, the, the middle of the field. We saw in that Baltimore game, they basically threw to Mark Andrews over and over and over again. So I really like George Kittle in this matchup. I think Mark Andrews caught 10 passes for 132 yards and two touchdowns. So I think this line is way off. The last time these two teams played, the four nines were actually laying three and a half at home. This line is all the way at Packers minus six. And I know I spoke, I speak about this a lot. The Packers have one of the best home foot advantages in football. I know they're getting some guys back in Jair Alexander, but I, I like the four nines in this matchup. And I have a, I, I think they have a good chance of winning this game outright. As long as Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't turn the ball. <laughs> That's always the caveat with the 49ers, but fully in line on this one. Packers run defense, terrible all year. Packers defense overall has gotten worse late in the season. The Niners are the exact wrong matchup for the Packers. And, I, you know, we've talked about the Niners. I talked about Niners futures for, for a couple of weeks now. This is why this game, this matchup is why, because the Niners were always likely to play the one seed Packers if they won last week. This matchup and liking the Niners here is why I love the price on the Niners futures. I agree. George Kittle, I think, is going to have a big game. Packers are 28th against tight ends in DVOA. So Kittle, you can get 70 yards for him at plus 240, 100 yards at plus 580. He's at 70 yards or more, six out of his 14 healthy games this year. So that's almost 50-50. You're getting good odds there. I agree. I think Kittle could have a big game. Kittle out there, Trent Williams, Juszczyk, Elijah Mitchell on the one-cut runs, Debo Samuel in motion. This is just exactly, if you have to go on the road, against a team with a great offense, what do you want? You want a team to power run in the cold weather, control the clock, and keep the MVP on the sideline. And that's exactly what the Niners are built to do. Uh, I had this stat in the last game. The Packers defense on first down, 24th in DVOA. Guess who leads the league in first down offense? The 49ers. That's what they do. They run the ball. They set the team up to 
have a successful situation on a second and two, a second and a four. That's how you protect Jimmy Garoppolo. Guess what? Kyle Shanahan is going to do everything he can to protect Jimmy Garoppolo. He is going to run. We know we've seen playoff games that he's just going to do all he can to give Jimmy the fewest throws that he has to make. And I think that's good here because it's going to just force them to run the ball even more. I like the matchup all throughout. You mentioned Nick Bosa. He did practice Wednesday, limited practice. That's good news. If you're concussion and you get to practice at all, that means you're probably trending toward playing. Zadarius Smith might not play, it's looking like, for the Packers. So that's another injury news that's kind of going our direction. I just think this is the matchup you want for the Niners. And uh, you mentioned some of the other games they reminded you of. How about all the times that the Packers play the Niners? Like for the last like two or three years, every time it's the Niners yet again. Oh no, you're playing the Niners in a big game against the Packers. And the Niners just kind of, they don't always win, but they've had their number. They, they've performed well against this team. And the Packers defense just hasn't really measured up for them. Yeah, really, it truly hasn't. And I think we're both on the same page. We've been saying it. I think we've been saying this since the regular season that this is the matchup that we like. It's ideal. We got a better number than we anticipated. So only bummer for me as I gave this one out on the hot read, trying to grab it ahead of time. And then the number actually, I should have known too. And I told I you to wait. It. You didn't listen you did, to me. You did. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I did. I, I bet, but I knew it. I want to add more later. So I'm, re- I'm ready to add more, I think, with the way the injury news is trending. And yeah, you did tell me to wait. The number is a little higher now. It looks like it's starting to go back the other way. So I think this is about the right time. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, you can still get that. Uh, I do like to, if the Packers go well here and, you know, if, if they have a nice, even if they don't, Devonte Adams, I think is going to have a big game. Not really outlandish saying that, but the Niners are second to last in DVOA against wide receiver ones. Devonte is over 100 yards, five is last six before the Detroit game. Uh, so you can get that for plus money. I like that one. But I think the Niners defense can hold its own here. 49ers defense, the last eight games of the season, was fourth in DVOA. So we know that early in the year, they had a bunch of injuries in the secondary, and they weren't really getting healthy out there. This is a team that's peaking in the second half of the year and heading into the playoffs. So I like that. The Niners are also second in passing offense DVOA the last eight weeks. So when they do pass, they have been very good at it. They're picking their spots well. So one more thing, back to the stat you said, back to those one seeds. Remember, one seeds in the divisional round, 13, 23, and one against the spread. One seeds in the divisional round as favorites of zero to 10 points. That's the Packers here, eight, 22, and a one against the spread, only 27% cover rate. So I think the Niners have a great chance to cover here. I think the Niners are going to win. And I've got more to say about the Niners when we get back to our look ahead, too. So Niners to, Niners to cover, Niners to win. You're playing the money line, too, right? Yeah, I'm definitely playing the money line. I'm all over. I'm probably not going to be as big of a bet as the bet I made last week against the Cowboys, but I'm definitely betting this game. You always got to be a little bit worried about Aaron Rodgers at home, but I like the 49ers in this matchup. Yeah, certainly Rodgers at home in Green Bay. All all the trends. If you just want to just blindly bet Rodgers in Green Bay, that's like the most sharp square thing that you can do is just back Rodgers in Green Bay. So you know, there's a version of the game where Rodgers just goes out and does Rodgers things and we both show up Sunday night and are like, what were we thinking? But there's a reason that the MVP hasn't won a Super Bowl anytime this century. It's, it's too much on one guy. The Niners are the better team, I think, and can win this one. So let's get a quick word from our sponsor and then get to Sunday's games. 
The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. That sync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We have, I think what we thought might be the four best teams in the NFL coming into the season playing on Sunday. It's almost championship Sunday. We just get it again the next week. So in the NFC, we have the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, against the team that was the hot pick coming into the season, the Los Angeles Rams. They went out They got Matt Stafford in season. They added Von Miller. They added Odell Beckham Jr. They got all those stars. The Bucs have the loaded roster, but who knows who's even left to play on this team. Long injury list that we'll get to Tampa Bay right now, right at minus three as a favorite at home, 48 points on the total. I really liked the Bucs early this week, but I am starting to get nervous about these injuries. What are you hearing on the Bucs injury report? I'm very concerned about the Bucs right now. When you look at their offensive line, right tackle Tristan Forbes, he was knocked out of the game last week. And then center Ryan Jansen got hurt. And while Jansen returned to action, Worfs might be able to play, but it's just like you're still looking at a team with an offensive line that's not full strength. And they're going up against a Rams defensive line with Von Miller, Aaron Donald. That's just their first at ESPN's pass worth win rate. And you saw last week, Kyler Murray is one of the best at being able to evade pressure and neutralizing those pass rushes. And he wasn't able to do that. Now, I expect Tom Brady to go with the short passing game. I just don't see how this Buccaneers offensive line is going to hold up. Last time these two teams played, Tom Brady wasn't efficient at all. He was 41 and 55, 432 yards. And a lot of that came in garbage time. So you're looking at Tom Brady Yeah, he had a 12.3 EPA per play, but like their passing success rate, they they, they really struggle earlier on. So I actually think the Rams might be the better team at this point. Like when I'm looking at these teams outside of the fact that Matthew Stafford can throw the game away. Yeah, as the week has gone on, I have really backed off of my Bucs position a little bit here. I was was ready to back up the Brinks truck on the Bucs when this line opened under a field goal on Monday. All I wanted from Monday night was either the Rams or the Cardinals to win and look awesome 
so that we'd get a cheap line on a Bucks home game. We know the Bucs have been way better at home all year. As the week has gone on, the injury report is not looking good. You can mention, too, the guys on defense. Shaq Barrett, Levante David played last week. Didn't look that great. If you think back, we've seen a lot of Tom Brady for decades. And the one way to get the best of Tom Brady is to get that pass rush on him. And when he doesn't have protection, it can't get the ball out. That's those Giants. That's how the Giants always had his number. Not because of Eli Manning. Don't be stupid. It's because the pass rush. They always would get after him. And I'm worried a little bit as this week has gone on. This game reminds me some of the Super Bowl last season. But the shoe is on the other foot this time. The Bucs have the better quarterback. I want Tom, not Matt Stafford. But do the Rams just have the healthier, better team? Remember, the Chiefs had those offensive line injuries, and Mahomes just never had time. My read early in the week was all over the Bucs. The metrics look good. The Bucs are 6-1 and one against playoff teams. They've won eight of their last nine. They have number one offensive DVOA. I don't know if this is that Bucs team. I don't know if they're healthy enough to do that. They don't have the receivers. At minus three, it's moved. Certainly not a bet for me anymore. I don't even know for sure it's a lean. Certainly won't be adding to my Tampa position. I'm, I'm feeling a little queasy about it. You know, one of the things that a lot of people aren't talking about, we're talk, we've spoken, we're hearing a lot about the Bucks injuries, but the one injury that's really, really key for this matchup for the Rams is that they could be missing left tackle Andrew Whitworth. Yep. And that's just as big as the injuries for the Buccaneers. So, look, if you don't have your left tackle and – we know that Cam Akers, big day last week, they're not going to be able to run the ball on this Buccaneers defense. And that means they're going to have to rely on Matthew Stafford, who has been turnover prone outside of last week. So when I look at this matchup, I'm seeing this feels like a defensive game. And it's tough to take an under with Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford and these explosive offenses. But how explosive are they going to really be? So I think in this matchup, First half under is 24. It's juiced at minus 120 at many of these places for a reason. And when you got two banged up offensive lines, you got two great defenses, two good pass rushes. I think that we could see a slower start to this game. That's interesting because we know I don't play a ton of totals. I was leaning over here, but I was leaning because I'm worried that either one of these teams, I could see either the Bucks or the Rams score like 10 points, and that's it. Because if Whitworth is hurt, if Werfs is out, if either of these offensive lines doesn't hold up, I could see the that offense just crumbling and just not getting points. And either Stafford or Brady having a pretty nightmarish game if they just don't get the blocking. So problem, though, is that we've got injuries across both defenses. Another injury we didn't talk about, the Rams secondary is very banged up. Both safeties are out. We got Eric Weddle coming out of retirement from like a decade ago playing. Eric Weddle was awesome, but the last time he played for last week was pre-COVID, which has been a minute in case you forgot. So Kyler Murray couldn't do anything. Odell Beckham had more passing yards than Kyler Murray for most of the game last week. Brady's going to pass, and he's going to hit on that secondary. Jalen Ramsey can't cover everybody. The last time these teams played early in the season, they had both had huge passing games. So I think I'm going to stay away from the total just because your point about the under makes sense. There's defensive uh, talent here, and, and I worry that either team could just lay an egg. But I want to fade the Rams because I don't trust the Rams' offense, 14th and away to DVOA on passing. They started 
third in passing offense the first 10 weeks, 16th in the last eight weeks. And by the way, you mentioned Cam Akers. Let's not confuse Cam Akers looks good after Achilles versus they were running the ball well. They ran for 3.7 yards per attempt against a bad Cardinals run defense. I don't think the Rams are running at all. So that's the problem for me to come full circle. I don't think either team's going to run the ball much. The Bucs have run well, but we don't know if Fournette is healthy, so we might just get a lot of Gio Bernard again. So if we're not running much, now it's Brady and Stafford. And if we come all back to it, you are not convincing me to take Matt Stafford on the road against Tom Brady. And I know there's, there's more than one guy on the field. We've done the numbers before, but let's hear them again. Matt Stafford, November or later against teams over 500, 11 and 41 straight up as an underdog, four and 33, four and 33. He has to win four of those games to win the Super Bowl. He only had done three his whole life until last week. Stafford, 14, 35, and two against the spread in that spot. Eight interceptions the last four games, totally crumbled. I don't want my, I, I won't be able to forgive myself if I bet on Matt Stafford in the spot and then watch him do Matt Stafford things, which we've been doing all year. Tom Brady, 76, 48, and seven against the spread as a favorite of seven or less. Tom Brady in the coin flip games where the line is three or less either way. 35, 23, and 4 ATS, 60%. And in the playoffs, 9 and 3 against the spread, 75% in those coin flip games, covered by 6.2 points a game and in a six straight. It seems oversimplifying it, but I, I just I think it's a passing game. And both secondaries are very beatable with all the injuries. Both running games aren't going to do much. And if I think it's a passing game, I, I just have to take Brady. I just can't take Stafford. Get it. I, I totally get it. I mean, we, we've spoken at length about Matthew Stafford's record against winning teams. I, I totally understand it. I'm probably going to be like, to me, it's, it's Ram, Rams are passing this matchup. But we, we have to wait on that news for Wharfs and, and Jansen. If those guys are healthy, this line's probably sure. We were probably looking at Bucks four. But the fact that this line is three, it's kind of telling. Yeah, the line being at three is a big deal. Whitworth, we need to find out about him too. If the line moves a half point down and now it's Bucks two and a half, I like the Bucks again. If it goes past the three, there's no way I'm playing the Bucks at that number. So that's a very narrow margin here. You're on Rams or pass. I'm on Bucks or pass. I'm looking at the first half under though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. As far as the game spread though, we're kind of on the opposite sides, but or pass. So we maybe just need to stay away a little bit, or certainly we need to wait and see on those injuries, those offensive line. And, you know, whichever quarterback gets the better protection is the team I'm going to feel better about. So then we go to our Sunday finale. This one, another very exciting game. Got the Kansas City Chiefs, the team that have been at the top of the AFC favorites all year long, and the team that we knew was going to be the contender to the throne, the Buffalo Bills. The Bills played the perfect game last weekend. Bills beat up on the Patriots. The Chiefs had a scrimmage against the Steelers and went through the motions and got the job done. And we're uh, very, very close line here. The Chiefs are getting maybe a little disrespected, but maybe actually a little too much respect. You'll see what you think your line is. The Chiefs are at minus one and a half. The total is at 54.5, highest of the weekend. So let's start there. Chiefs minus one and a half feels disrespectful at first. I have a feeling, though, that you're going to say that's giving them too much credit. What, what does your model make this line? 
to make this number a pick em. And I think that, like, look, this is the AFC Championship game and yep. for all intents and purposes. And I think the number reflects that. When you look at the first matchup between these two teams, the Bills absolutely dominated. Josh Allen, 15 of 26, 315 yards, three touchdowns, 8.1 yards per play, 12.1 yards per pass. They dominated on the ground, 121 rushing yards, 4.3 yards per rush. I know the Chiefs' defense has gotten better since, since then, but I don't know how much better they've actually gotten. So I think some of that may be misleading based on the schedule. And when you look at what the Buffalo Bills are just doing off- offensively, and how they built this roster to go up against the Chiefs, it, it's tough to just go with the method. I know Simon said this on the Favorites podcast, is that when he sees Patrick Mahomes under a field goal, he has to take it. And typically I would agree, but when it comes to this matchup, the Chiefs have been known for some slow starts. And you get off a slow start the way they did against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're down 21 nothing. And I know in the past they've had games against the Buffalo Bills. They started off slow last last year in a postseason, and they were able to overcome it. I know one point they played the Titans, and they came back from a slow start. They came back against the Houston Texans, where they actually put up 41 unanswered points. That's not going <laughs> to happen unreal. here. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not happening here. And, and I'm going to let you know, I actually predicted that, too. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, <laughs> and, of course, yeah, they missed I, extra. I was on that, too. This team can put up the points in a hurry. The thing is, though, the Bills have had a lot of slow starts this season, too. The Bills offense really kind of takes a while to get things moving. And they, they've played with their food a little bit. They allow teams to hang around. Usually not the good teams. They've showed up in the good games. But they've allowed teams like the Jets and others like that to just kind of hang close. But they're never good enough to get the job done. And the Bills defense is good enough to get the job done. And eventually the offense kind of explodes late. But a lot of those late explosions have come from desperation where it's close late and then they're getting some, you know, short fields and things like that. So I want to push back a little bit on the earlier matchup thing, because you're right, 38-20, Bills domination, but they had four turnovers to none. So they won the turnover battle bay. Obviously the Chiefs had four turnovers. We knew early on in the season, the Chiefs kept having those red zone turnovers. We don't expect there to be a four turnover differential in this one again. Also, Josh Allen was incredible in that game. If Josh Allen plays like he did last weekend, the Bills are invincible. You got that defense and that Josh Allen. He's going to gonna win a lot of games. Patrick Mahomes had negative EPA per play in that game. Do we think Patrick Mahomes is going to have negative EPA per play in this one? Probably not. He could. The Bills defense is very good. But so it's not just that the Chiefs defense was not as good then and is better now. They are better now. I don't know how much. But don't forget the Chiefs offensive line had a totally remade early in the season and got dominated in that one and has taken some time, but has really rounded into shape too. So I, I look back when I wrote about this game and my conclusion was, I think we just can't read too much into that game or the two from last year. Cause if you look back last year, the chiefs played twice against the bills and really dominated in both of them. You said that we're not going to get 41 unanswered literally in the AFC title game. The chiefs went 38 to six on the bills after getting down in that game, Josh Allen had negative EPA. I don't expect that's going to happen. So I don't know if we can learn too much from there. And the Bills defense this year is not going to give up a 38 to 6 run like it did last year. Earlier last year, the Chiefs won 26 to 17. That game was the closest by total margin, but actually the Chiefs dominated. 
They doubled in yardage. They almost doubled in time of possession. Again, Josh Allen wasn't good, but Josh Allen wasn't really good yet that early in the season. He was still kind of becoming the Josh Allen he is now. So we have to be careful, I think, not to make too much of these past games and just look at what's in front of us. What's in front of us, like you said, is that the Bills beat their team to beat the Chiefs. This is the roster they planned for. There's just one problem with that. That roster included Tredavious White. And we haven't seen that as a big flaw for them. He's out for the year. Tyreek Hill is the guy that you want Tredavious White in there for. And Tyreek, I wonder if he could finally break through. He hasn't had that great of a season like he's done in the past. He hasn't had those huge plays. But I wonder if this is the spot where no Trey White is a big problem for Buffalo. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That's something I was actually, you stole the words right out of my mouth because <laughs> I think this is the one matchup where Buffalo can be hurt by his absence. And look, when I'm looking at this game, I think if I'm going to take anything, I'm taking Buffalo on the teaser. Let's get this up to seven. I think we're sitting at one and a half. Let's get this through the key number of three and seven. And this is probably, to me, if Buffalo is for real, they, they cover this game, they have a chance to win. So I, I, I like the teaser in this spot. I see no reason to really play them at one under a field goal. But I think that I think Buffalo can can put themselves in a position to, to cover the seven and a half. Yeah, I had a feeling you're going to go that direction. I was looking for teaser legs this weekend. I'm on Kansas City in this game. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess I'm about to make the case for it. But this does look like the right Bills teaser leg because it the, the back door is going to be wide open. You know, the, the total at 54 and a half, we're going to get points in this game. And the Bills are not just going to lay down and die. They're going to be throwing. Josh Allen's going to be putting up points and they're going to, they're going to you know, have a chance at this game. So I like the teaser. Certainly I'd feel better if you can get the, if the chiefs get back to minus two or higher, so you can get past the, the eight uh, in a better spot. I know that that fits the Stafford Wong rules. Some of the reason I have the chiefs here is I, I, I agree with you. You said, you know, basically how do we know how good is this chiefs defense? Are we, are we sure it's as good as we're letting it on? And I think it's in between. I think that it's certainly improved, but also not awesome yet, but good enough. You know, the Chiefs don't need to have an awesome defense. They just need it good enough. And right now, if you look at the last eight weeks, here's the, here are the trends in this game for both teams. They're, they're trending toward the Chiefs and the Bills trending a little bit in the wrong direction other than last week. And we can't get too caught up in that perfect game against the Patriots. So last eight games, Chiefs defense, number 10 in DVOA. That's good enough. 10th is good enough. And the Bills offense is about the same there. So that's a pretty even matchup now from the last eight weeks. Chiefs defense top 11 versus the run and against the pass in that stretch. Remember, 31st defense, the first 10 games of the year. That's who the Bills played the first time. And that's part of why they're rated so bad because the Bills lit them up. Let's be fair. But the Chiefs offense is also playing better. Last eight games, Chiefs passing offense number one by DVOA. Only 15th the first 10 games. So the Chiefs offense, it doesn't feel like it, but they're they're churning again. Mahomes is going again. The Bills run defense down to 16th the last eight. So the Bills defense is trending a little bit down. However, a thing that surprised me, the Bills rushing offense is actually first in the league by DVOA the last eight weeks. So I don't really know what to make of that because I, I don't think a lot about Buffalo running the ball. But it does worry me a bit as a Chiefs better 
because you'd like to have the number one run attack against the Chiefs, keep the keep Mahomes on the sideline. So I I worry a little bit. It, it, are the Bills just a juggernaut? You know, they have now 12 wins on the season. All 12 wins are by 12 points or more. When they win, they really win. They look really good. They've gone 0-5 in one-score games, and we know that that is pretty random, and that that could go either direction. What if the Bills went 5-0 and in those games? Like, the, the equally random chance of that happening, they would be 16-1 and right now, and this absolute juggernaut that would be, you know, the one seed and the, the huge favorite. I, I wonder a little bit, you know, I wrote about who could win the Super Bowl and why and who wouldn't. The Bills had the most interesting case to me as to why they could win. When the Bills are what we saw last week, they are the team that can crush everyone with this number one rated defense. I just don't know if they are that, though. Do you think that the Bills are closer to that 16 and one hypothetical version? Is this a fair version of what we got? How do you think about the Bills big picture? Bills are a Super Bowl contender, and I think they're a legitimate team. You know, they've had some tough losses this year, but for the most part, this team's just been dominant all year. I mean, I was thinking about that Colts game earlier this year where they lost 41-15, and you look at the 94-49ers, they had a game like that in their Super Bowl year. I think they lost 44-15, to and that it's like since then, to me, this team is just, they're the most complete team in the league to me. Like, they can pass the ball, they can run the ball, the defense is the best. Obviously, Trey White is out, but I don't see any other team that's as complete as them. And the only the only thing that's keeping everybody from truly jumping on the Bills right now is the fact that people don't truly believe in Josh out. That's really what it comes down to. I like the Bills, I'm going to be honest with you. I just I don't know if I could play it at this number just because guys like Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, they kind of break the game. And that's the only thing keeping me off. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. It, it just, it feels like a very tight matchup here. Like of, of the weekend games, there's a reason this line is the shortest because these teams feel very evenly matched. If that's the case though, I fall back on the same few things. We're in Arrowhead. We know the Chiefs are so good at home. And I look at the quarterback, I look at the coach. Josh Allen and Sean McDermott have been awesome. This is not a slight on either one of them. It's still Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. And we know that these guys have been here before. I said this before. You play King of the Hill, you got to dethrone the King. And the Chiefs, they just have the advantages where it matters most. And the little thing, too, is the Chiefs always have great special teams. The Bills special teams is the one area that's been a little shaky. We saw their kicker really struggle last week. What, he missed two extra points and shanked the third one that actually went in. So it just... When we're talking about a one, a two-point favorite in that range, those special teams plays can really rear their head at the wrong time. So you mentioned Simon just saying Mahomes field goal or shorter got to take it. For me, I'm in the same spot on this one. When Mahomes is a field goal or shorter or an underdog for his life in the NFL, 14-4-1 against the spread, 78% cover. He's won nine of the last 11. However, one of those losses was the Bills game earlier this year. So I feel like I've made almost a better case for the Bills than for the Chiefs in this one, but I think the Chiefs are better. I think Mahomes is better. Sometimes I think we overcomplicate it. I mean, those of us who work in the media, those of us who bet for a living, sometimes it is just that simple that Mahomes or Brady, they break all of the rules. And 
you know, Simon said this on the favorites podcast, and I, I think he was right. It, it's just I can't really go against Mahomes under a field goal. And I think the advantage that we have as betters is that oddsmakers have to place a line on every single game. We don't have to bet every game. And I don't know how much of an edge I have betting the Bills plus one and a half against the Chiefs at home, against Patrick Mahomes. I just don't. So for me, I think if I'm going to play this game, I'm playing the Bills on the teaser. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, let's wrap up with our divisional round best bets. Uh, again, we've just talked about all these games. So what are your favorite picks out of anything we just talked through? I think my favorite picks are the 49ers plus six and money line. That's my favorite. I think I think the, the, the teaser to go with is the Rams tease that up through the key numbers. We get that around what are they like Rams plus nine. And then I think you get the bills plus eight and a half. I, I really like that. So I think those are, those are my favorite too. And I think I like the first half under 24 um, in the, in the Buccaneers Rams game, but I think you want to wait for those offensive line injury news, but the creme de la creme for, for best this week is four nine plus six. That's my favorite bet. So if you want to add an extra unit to that, you can do that. Yeah, we're aligned on this one. Niners cover, Niners money line. That's my favorite too. So that's definitely my top play. That was it going into the week. I also had Bucks early on, but I've cooled on them a little bit. I will not list that in my best bets now. The other one I like that I mentioned was Titans first quarter. Minus one, plus 100 on that one. I feel like the Titans are going to get off to a good lead there. Feel pretty good about that game, and I think that's a nice angle to take on it. And then for prop, looking for those Bucks running back reception overs. The lines aren't up yet that I'm seeing, but you know, if I can get something like Gio Bernard was two and a half receptions last week, he had almost he could have hit that on the first drive. He ended up with five catches. So I'm looking for him and or for net on running back reception over. So those are my best bets. Let's hit our look ahead here as we wrap up. Hot rock. Blue 17. Nice rights. Ice cream. Jose. And like last week, we're playing futures on the look ahead now. Obviously, we don't have lines yet for next week or matchups. So last week, futures, Raheem gave you the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I gave you the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. Our case for both was that they had a pretty easy matchup last week. That's basically what happened. They kind of coasted through. So we're kind of coming through, okay, right now, as of today, what looks like the best future on the board to you? It doesn't have to necessarily build on that position last week. Just fresh, better today. Raheem, what is your favorite future play right now? For the Los Angeles Rams. And one of the reasons why is because I think at plus 700, to me, this game against the Buccaneers is closer to a, a coin flip to me. and. Based on how much we like the 49ers, I think that gives me some value in the sense that they'd be getting a home game against the 49ers, who, although Shanahan has dominated the Rams, you still got a home game for the NFC Championship game, and you have a dominant pass rush. So I think that's that's the biggest value on the board. At plus 700, I think it's, it's priced a little bit too low. It probably should be around the same range as the, where the Bucks are right now, to be honest, just because I think that's a coin flip. So interestingly, the same angle you're taking is the angle I'm on. I'm just playing it differently. I'm back to the 49ers. And it's because the I like Niners plus 600 to get to the Super Bowl, plus 1,200 to win it. And it's the same angle, though. The, I like the Niners matchups. The one matchup I didn't love for them looking ahead on this was potentially the Buccaneers. Now that all those injuries have cropped up, I think the Bucs have not as strong of a chance to make the NFC Championship game. I like the Niners against the Rams. You know, I, I prefer to play it at home, of course, 
But I like that matchup. The Niners have won six straight games against the Rams. That is a, a matchup that Shanahan has dominated. And it's not just a coaching thing. It's a stylistic matchup. And the, the Niners just have the style that beats the Rams. The run game, they, they just get going that way. So I like that the Rams maybe give a, a more favorable matchup to the Niners. So 600 and 1200 to get to the Super Bowl or win it. I'd make that closer to 400 and 900. I've already got big positions on those. I've got a plus 2,500 for the Super Bowl and a 5,000 to win it. But uh, if you're if you're fresh better, I think there's still a little bit of value there if you like the Niners in that matchup because same thing that we're agreeing on, that the Bucks possibly not looking as good. Uh, and even if the Bucks do move forward, having those injuries and not being as strong a version of them, I think that, that things continue to break right for the Niners here. So uh, I, I like my chances with them. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. We 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 really love the 49ers. <laughs> like I, you know, I have that Swami parlay, 49ers, Buffalo Bills. I have some 49ers futures. You have some 49ers futures. So hopefully, I mean, look, the 49ers pull this out. We're gonna be we're gonna be sitting pretty and enjoying the Super Bowl. That's gonna wrap it up for today's podcast here at the Action Network. Uh don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review Apple and Spotify now. We're getting lots of reviews there. Give us those five stars. We love them, we need them. Download the app if you haven't. Check out Stucking Raybon on their six-pack. They got covered on all the playoff games as well. We will see you guys Sunday night, Monday morning, first thing to look back at all four games. Best weekend in the NFL for Raheem Palmer and Brandon Anderson. And this has been the Action Network Podcast. And we'll see you in the final four.